Gerard Mayo, who's joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, uh, inside linebackers coach for the New England Patriots. Gerard, what's up, man? It's Lou. How you doing? What, what's going on, Lou? Food poisoning. Hey. <laughs> He said he had like this fish tacos down on the beach. I didn't have any, but he's he's in rough shape. He's trying to make fresh, it's, it's, that's fresh fish, man. What's he talking about, man? Like, if, he, if he was out on the town last night, just say that. No, listen, we just got in from Massachusetts. Like when it hits eight o'clock, we all shut down right now. We're on East Coast time still out here in LA. How are you that's doing? Good. How's things been? You've been pretty busy, huh? Uh, things are going well. Yeah, things are pretty busy, but uh, things are going well. So tell me now, because obviously you had a couple of interviews this year, Denver and the Raiders. I know last year you talked to Philadelphia. So what yeah. are you learning from that experience? What, what, how has that helped you? Yeah, it's been, I mean, for me personally, and, and remember, I think it's important to remember, I'm only going into my fourth year coaching. So yeah. I go into these with minimal expectations and really just trying to put my best foot forward. Um, you know, I walk out of these, you know, and people talk about experience, but um, hopefully they understand, you know, through my playing career and also what I've done outside of football uh, will definitely help me because I, I look at all of these roles differently. I look at a head coach. I look at the skill set needed to be a head coach uh, being you know, totally different than a coordinator. I look at a coordinator, you know, his his skill set. Uh, has to be totally different than a position coach. And so when you look at it that way, you know, can you lead a team? Uh, hopefully a lot of the teams that I've been in front of so far uh, could absolutely see that. You know, Gerard, we, we've talked about this a few times when it comes your name comes up and, and being a head coach in, this, in the NFL, which I believe you will be at some point. But I am curious. You mentioned it, stuff you did off the field. Because I know for a few years there you worked in finance for Optum. Has that had any kind of influence yep. you as a coach? Like, have you learned things outside of the game in that business, finance, that has helped you uh, where you are now? Absolutely. And I would say it wasn't just finance. So I started in finance, and then I moved over to business development, ended up being vice president of business development for Optum. But what I would say is, you know, everyone's talking about diversity most of the time when we talk about diversity, we're talking about black and white, but there's also the generational diversity. There's also the, the diversity of thought. And really, when I worked at Optum and then my managers there, they really, they really kind of explained that to me, how to, and then also how to build rapport with different types of people, which I think is important the higher you climb uh, in the ranks. So I uh, definitely learned a lot that I apply to, to what I do now. Here's an example. You know, one time I was, I was addressing the defense, and I just talked about things we did before going into a sales meeting with the pre-mortem and the post-mortem, right? Mm -hmm. So the post-mortem, after the deal's done, like what could we have done better, all that stuff. But let's do a pre-mortem and see, all right, we always talk about here are the targets to win the game, but let's look at it from the inverse. Now, what are the targets that would cause us to lose the game? And so that's just an example of some of the business practices uh, that I've taken over to football that I think is definitely uh, uh, vital. Right, we're talking to Patriots inside linebacker coach Gerard Mayo. And, Gerard, you know, we talked about that early process, right? You meet with Philly last year. You meet with Denver this year in Oakland. So early on, and, and obviously I'm talking about, you know, the Rooney rule in the NFL. So early in your career, this may have benefited you. You're getting some rooms. You're getting some interviews. But two, three, four years down the road, if you don't land that job, now we start entering into that area where, as we all know, what's going on with Brian Flores in the league so do you look at it that way? Like, okay, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm doing these. I'm learning experience. Now the next three or four years, it's not just about interviews. It's about getting that job. 
Yeah, I would say first and foremost, you know, the first thing I always do when I fail at something, and that's what this is, and I, I kind of lean into failure. Uh, I try to look at myself. Like what, I try to get feedback um, from the teams that I've, that I've talked to. I try to say, all right, you know, you want me to do X, Y, and Z. All right, build your network, all that. And then I try to go forward and continue to evolve and continue to progress that way. That's first and foremost. And I, I think it's important that we separate – uh, the older generation of coaches and the younger generation of coaches. For me, personally speaking, these are great learning opportunities for me. From the older coaches, right, and I'll put yep. B-Flow in that as well, it's a very frustrating thing, right, where their resumes – uh, definitely outweigh some of the these other coaches. Now, I'm not sure what it is, right? And I think the Rooney, you talked about the Rooney rule. Yeah. I think the Rooney rule is a good, it was a good idea, but not in you know, a poor implementation. It's not really, it's not really helping. And honestly, for me, I don't want to be hired just because I'm black. That's yeah. not what I want to do. I want to be hired based on my merit, based on my competence and being able to get the job done, being able to set a vision and have a team go after that. And so when I, when I think about this stuff, I can I can absolutely see it from both sides of the fence, the frustration from the older guys and also the excitement from the younger coaches even getting an opportunity. And, you know, for the for the Miami uh, instance alone, you know, I think there needs to be more information that comes out. But what B-Flow is alluding to is something that we've always known, right, yeah. is that people are going to hire. It doesn't matter if it's football or not. People hire people that look like them. People hire people that think like them, right? And so when you start to, like, look at it from that perspective, I, I definitely see his point. So we're talking to Gerard Mayo, and, and Gerard, you know, we, we talked to Teddy Bruschi yesterday, and, and he was talking about the defense, and he was talking about you and obviously Steve and, and the involvement of Patricia, of Patricia rather, and Bill, and he actually made the statement that he feels like it's time to have one defensive coordinator, and this is one thing I think Patriots fans talked a lot about is, is there that one voice? So I, you tell me, like, is that one voice needed, or the way you guys went about it last year, it, it, it worked, and that's something that can work. Right, and, and, I, and I would say, you know, that's always a point that's, that's been coming up as I've been working my way through Radio Row. But what I, what I will say is, even look back when B-Flow was here, he was never named the coordinator, yeah. right? Even when Matt Patricia was here, he was, never, he was named the coordinator, but it took a while for him to get that title. And I would say Steve and I have a great working relationship, and all the defensive coaches have a great working relationship. Now, as far as, Matt, uh, as, far as Matty P is concerned, he's involved in a lot of different aspects of the team, right? He, he's helping coach with a lot of different things. But defensively, I would say, you know, we have a pretty good process, and if you were to zoom out, like forget the whole recency bias of what happened in Buffalo. I got that, all right? We play like crap. I'll take that on my shoulders all right? as a coach and as, you know, as whatever, you know, as a coach and everything. I hope the players feel the same way. But if you zoom out, this defense still ended up third in scoring, right, mm -hmm. seventh in yards. And then people will say, well, you didn't play teams at their full strength. All right, we still played – Tampa Bay, which they were at full strength. We still played the Dallas Cowboys, which they were at full strength. We still played that stretch we had in the middle of the season, but we can't help that those teams had injuries. We still had to go out there and perform. That yeah. same Jacksonville team that we beat 50-10 to 10 went on to beat Indy. And yeah. so when you think about it from that way, it, I mean, you have to kind of just take a step back. And I understand the expectation around here is very high, but it's also, you know, there is frustration in the building and outside the building that we just have to be better. And we know that. There's a, I shouldn't say frustration. There's a sense of urgency that we have to get better and get back to where we've been. It hasn't been that long ago since we've been playing this weekend instead of uh, the Rams and the Bengals. 
So, Gerard, you know, now that Josh McDaniels is out in Las Vegas as the head coach, you know, for years people always sat here in New England and just started speculating, right? Josh, Josh is the next guy. You know, when Bill leaves, it's three, four, five years, whatever it is, Josh will be the next guy. Are you ready to start hearing your name and people in New England saying Gerard Mayo is now going to be the next guy? Look, there's no secret. There's no secret, and I've said this from day one, that I want to be a head coach in this league. And there's no secret that I love New England. I love I love the New England states. I love this area. My family loves this area. And they've, they've uh, welcomed us with open arms since 2008 when I first got here. That would be the best-case scenario. With that being said, like, I want to be a head coach in this league. And I'll tell you this, and this is coming from my mouth, Bill is still as sharp as ever. All right, yeah. this guy is still going. Like I, you can say, he's getting older or whatever. <laughs> this guy, he's still there, and he still works harder than a lot of other people. So we'll see what happens. That would be the best case scenario that I could stay around here. But and, you know, I'm just not sure. All right. Well, listen. I know Tommy Curran wants me to say hi to you, so of course I got to do that. But I, I, I want I want to get the scoop here because I'm hearing that you are in a huge ad here at the Super Bowl. You're down here. Well, you will be here soon, actually, representing Hellman's Mayo, and of course Mayo. It's like Pasternak's pasta with the Bruins, right? So tell me your involvement <laughs> with Hellman's, and you tell me uh, about this this great Super Bowl ad we're going to see. Yeah, definitely. I'm thrilled to be partnering with uh, with Helmers. You know, Mayo and Mayo, definitely easy easy partnership, easy connection, yeah. but we're really trying to tackle food waste. Uh, so I had to channel my inner Terry Tate. You remember the office linebacker? And yeah. really, I worked alongside him as far as this, uh, as far as this commercial is concerned, as, long, as well as Pete Davidson and his mother. But really just tackling people uh, wasting food. And, and, you know, one thing I did learn is that the U.S., you know, we waste 40% of the food that we take into our homes. You know what I mean? Like every single year, if you think about that, I mean, that's a lot of wasted food, not counting the grocery stores, not counting restaurants and things like that. And so really, uh, Helmets has done a great job trying to get rid you know, they've even gone uh, the legislative route trying to get uh, just more clarification around even just the labeling. And I, I know it for me but and for my wife, but the sell-by, use-by, fresh-by, like all those different terms that they use, like is the food good or not? And so one thing they're trying to do is standardize that, which I think was, would be fantastic going forward. Yeah. They're also going to help provide 500,000 meals uh, to feed in America and then really 5,000 meals for every tackle that happens in the game, including sacks, to ho- hopefully get us to around a million, uh, a million meals. So definitely excited to be partnered with these guys. And hopefully, you know, this is a long-term relationship. And these guys are looking out the front windshield. They have goals for 2030 to help tackle food waste. Well, I'm glad you're doing it in the Super Bowl, not the Pro Bowl, because nobody got tackled in that thing. So that's, that's <laughs> nobody good, listen, got tackled. Nobody. Hey, listen, man, we appreciate the time. We wish you all the best. We know you're going to be a coach and a head coach in this league at some point, but I think for the time being, a lot of people in New England are happy you're still here with the Patriots. So I appreciate the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate man. you, Lou. All right, Thanks, guys, Lou. you got it. Good luck to you, Gerard Mayo. He joins us in the Harbor One Hotline.